Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester Is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host Dominic Booth. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined on this fine June afternoon uh, by Rich Fay. Hello, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, Rich. Uh, and Tyrone Marshall as well. How are you? Hello, Dom. I'm very good. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, we're all a little bit lethargic uh, this afternoon. It's partially the weather, I think partially the lack of transfer activity from Manchester United or, or anybody else for that matter that's um, has maybe got us feeling this way. It's It feels like um, things have switched off a little bit. Players are on holiday at the moment. Internationals going on. Nations League um, games have been happening. If if they're your thing and you can get excited for them, then all the better for you. But we're going to talk a little bit about those international things and also about transfers and maybe what's to come in, in the summer for United. Because um, as we said, Rich, there's there's not a huge amount happening at the moment. Um, a few names been linked with United, haven't there? And um, a few sort of tentative steps being taken. But it, it's probably to be expected at this time of year that, that nothing really happens, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's time for everyone to have a rest, really. I mean, the last season has been relentless for United. Even during the international breaks, there was so much going on at the club, so much uncertainty, so much to get through. And yeah, it's just a case of having a little bit of downtime now before picking things back up again. I mean, the pre-season doesn't start until the 27th of June anyway, so there's not going to be much happening in the next few weeks. I mean, Ten Hag going to be having some downtime himself, obviously still working on what needs to happen ahead of the summer, but there's only so much you can do, really. Obviously, it is transfers the sort of main focus now in planning how he's going to put the players through his paces in, in the first pre-season, who he's going to give a chance to, who he might be letting go in the summer as well. Looking at tactics, how he might want to set the United team up, but you almost need the players at your disposal to actually do that. There's only so much theory you can, you can put into play Ten Hag just needs to sort of sit down with his players, have some squad meetings, talk them through the demands, how he wants them to, to set up next season, really. And like we said, that's not going to happen until late June at the earliest now. Um, interesting, you know, in the last couple of days, we've seen Marcus Rashford going through his you know, fitness routine. He's looking like he wants to hit the ground running under Eric Ten Hag. And I'm sure there'll be more stories coming out in the next couple of weeks, really, of players who are cutting their pre-season holiday and their break short because they want to make a positive impression. It's happened in past pre-seasons as well. I think I remember was it Daniel James and Scott McTominay went to Dubai to impress Ole Gunnar Solskjaer early. You know, they both did get chances early on in the campaign in pre-season as well. So it did work for them. And yeah, players want to try and make a good impression. They want that fresh start. And I think as much as fans do, really, they're just eager for that new season to start now and put this last one behind us. But yeah, we're sort of, sort of stuck in that sort of flux now between, I mean, are we calling it this season? We're we calling it last season? No one really knows. I can't stand this time of the year because I never know when people yeah. are writing articles whether I should be correcting them next season or this season. Or Yeah, it's, it's a minefield. Yeah, and I guess it's just a waiting game, really. And United fans won't want to hear that. They've got to be desperate for signings. But I'm sure, as Ty will get onto in a minute, there isn't anything imminent at this moment in time. It's still a case of whittling down your shortlists, identifying who the top targets are, and you know, gauging with agents in other clubs how likely a deal might be, how likely a player might be to, to actually want to join United this summer, who would have to leave if he comes, how signing that player might affect other transfer targets, could this player being brought solve two problems rather than one? There's just so much mitigation, so much to get through that United aren't going to rush into anything this summer. And yeah, there's so much still up in the air that 
I expect it to drag on for a week or so yet as well. Yeah, the one thing that might be happening, I suppose, is is we're behind the scenes and stuff that we're not seeing. We've seen that United are showing interest in players like Frankie de Jong, uh, Durian Timber, uh, a few others as well. Maybe not quite so sort of tangible, the links, but is this the time of the year when those people behind the scenes in the transfer recruitment department need to earn their money and, and ensure that United are ready when things really click into gear in, in July, that they're making the right moves and they are making them early enough uh, in the window? Yeah, I think there's you know there's a lot of groundwork probably being laid at the moment, as there will have been for for quite a while. I think clubs are working on the January January tran- the summer transfer window from from January really, and I think there's still a lot of groundwork going on. It's just it's always the case that transfers at the start of the summer are very very rare. I mean, the transfer window doesn't officially open until Friday. Deals are only happening now if they're fairly simple to do, or there may be free agents or um, you know, Sancho, I suppose, happened fairly early last summer. A lot of that was because everyone knew he was going to United. There was no other interest in him. It had been that transfer had been choreographed essentially for a year and it was in the bank. Um, I don't think any of United's deals are at that situation at the moment. And I think there's an inevitability that a few of them are going to to drag on. Um, you know, you mentioned De Jong there. I think that's one that could run and run this summer. United and Ten Hag clearly want him. When it comes to negotiating with Barcelona, they've got a pretty strong hand because Barca are desperate for the cash. The issue, I suppose, is that De Jong doesn't particularly want to join at the moment. doesn't want to give up on Barcelona. Um, so United United would be prepared to play the long game, I think, to get a good deal. Um, they're also going to need to persuade De Jong to come. So there's obvious issues there. Um, you know, you mentioned Timber there. I don't think it's any secret United want a defender this year. But from what I'm told, it's not the priority. Midfield and attacking signings are ahead of defensive signings. I think part of the reason for that is that there's obvious spaces in midfield and defence. United have five senior centre-halves on their squad at the moment. We, we all expect probably Bayou Jones and Twanzibi to all go. Um, probably at least two of them permanently, maybe another loan for Twanzibi, but I think if they could get three permanent departures, they would. But at the moment, they're all still here. If you sign a centre-half now, it becomes obvious one of them's got to go, your own um, sort of hand when it comes to selling one of them is is probably weakened so I wouldn't expect you mentioned Timber there I think he makes a lot of sense as a as a signing um in terms of being able to cover right back and things like that but I wouldn't expect United to be signing a centre half or a defender um fairly early in in this window and we know that the other issue is 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 budget and a lot of a lot of United's the, the budget we're told is a sizable one is is the words that United are, are putting out. I mean, you can interpret that whichever way you want. Um, there's obviously it can be supplemented by sales, but it's also going to be a real balancing act for United the longer the window goes on in terms of what they can and, and can't afford. And especially when you've got targets like De Jong, who's probably going to be pricey. And I think inevitably what we're seeing a, a lot at the moment as well is is agent talk. Everyone at United is is used to their their name being used by agents, the biggest club in the world, I think, for for agents to to get links out there, whether it's drumming up interest in their player from elsewhere, getting him a new contract. And I suppose a classic example is is Darwin Nunes, who is a player United are interested in. A difficult one to do with the fees involved. Um, and I think United, you know, United fans should be used to how it goes when you're trying to sign a player from Portugal. I mean, I wonder if where Nico Gaitan is now. It's it, you know, 
the name Manchester United appears more in the Portuguese press than the English press, I think, at times. Mm -hmm. And there's so many players from Portugal linked to United. Darwin Nunes, his intentions this summer were obvious when he moved to, to Jorge Mendes as an agent. But again, I don't think that's a deal that's going to happen anytime soon. That's one that could drag on. There's obviously reports of Liverpool being interested as well. And I think with players like that, what we're seeing a lot is, is just agent talk and, and agents putting stuff out there. So, yeah, like Rich said, I, I know fans are desperate for transfers. We're all desperate for transfers and, and something concrete to write about. But I think we are in that that time at the moment where things just are, are moving slowly and you know things aren't really happening. Come later this month, maybe in July, things will begin to speed up. But it is it is that time in the in the transfer window where everyone's just kind of feeling each other out at the moment and, and seeing where situations lie. Yeah, the the only concrete things that have happened, Rich, have been those exits that United uh, announced with with Paul Pogba finally confirming his departure and Juan Mata and Jesse Lingard. Uh, we, we expect that in some Cavani, Nemanja Matic, uh, Lee Grant or to also follow suit. Um, I guess that frees up space in United's squad, doesn't it, to, to start acting in terms of incomings? Although I think it was Ty that wrote the, the line a few days ago that they're not actively going to replace sort of one in, one out, but it is sort of refreshing anyway to begin the rebuild with a few people um, bidding the club farewell after a few years, people who you know, United aren't really going to miss too much. I know Pogba is a brilliant player, but you won't find many fans who aren't happy to see that he's finally gone. No, exactly. And as Ty's written, you know, you not you don't have to replace them all like for like. I mean, you look at the attacking situation. I wrote a piece last week on, it was on Jesse Lingard and Juan Mata. I think by the end, Lingard on his appearances last season was averaging 20 minutes a game. And Juan Mata only started one match and that was, you know, in the last... Uh, his only start, so he came in the last games of the season anyway. So you're not replacing players there who were starting every week anyway. So you just need players who can supplement the squad. And I think United already have that in terms of their promising young attacking players. I mean, you look at Hannibal, Shoratire, Garnacho, they could come in and be the Lingard and Mata replacements next season because they don't need to start every game. They don't even need to come off the bench every game, but they can be there for the Carabao Cup, be there for the Europa League matches and then a couple of prem games as well when you need something different from the bench or you know you're playing a lesser side at home you can you can give youngsters a chance so it's going to be about freshening up the squad in that sort of degree I mean like you said there's there's no sort of shocks I, I guess the only shock was that United didn't end up offering Juan Mata a contract because that would have been the most Manchester United thing ever you know to, to tie him down to a new deal it's just the breath of fresh air that United needed. We always say that you know Ten Hag needs a clean slate. Well, he's got one now, but the problem is there's still another five, six, maybe even seven players who should leave. And the question there is how many can you actually afford to let go? Because yes, United don't need to replace directly the six they got rid of. But if you start letting more players go, there's going to come a point where it maybe does have a real detrimental effect on the squad in terms of you've lost 10, 12 players and you're only bringing maybe three, four in in the summer. So there's going to have to be a balancing of it. Of course, the other caveat is players who are already contracted to the club who could have a future. It's going to be interesting to see what Ten Hag does make of James Garner in pre-season. You know, Andreas Pereira looks like he might get another shot as well against all the odds. Pre-season Yeah, You've got Donny van der Beek coming back. And United fans hate it when you say this player could be like a new signing but I do think that's going to be the case uh, for Ten Hag this summer and again you look at sort of centre-back as well we've already said that senior centre 
you know, reportedly has reservations about coming to United as well because it could jeopardise his chance of going to the World Cup with the Netherlands. He's more versatile, he's younger, so that would make more sense. But then if neither of those two could be convinced, do you look at someone like Deshaun Bernard? Do you look at someone like Ted and Mengi? Both have football league experience, they've done well. Someone who can come in and, you know, again, supplement the first team. They don't have to be starting the games. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how it works. But it is refreshing that Ten Hag's at least got rid of that uncertainty about six players already. And hopefully he can be ruthless again with some more of those sort of fringe players. And yeah, there's got to be more players who want to leave because they've got to you know, prioritise their own World Cup, Cup ambitions for the end of the year. But, you know, it's a start, isn't it? And that's what gives United fans so much optimism, I think, because there's been so much talk in the past under previous managers about, you know, this clean slate and being ruthless and getting rid of players who don't want to be there. And this is the first time where it really feel that that is happening. United are getting rid of a lot of players and with that becomes the potential and the excitement and the unknown, really, of, of what could lie ahead. Yeah, Rich makes a good point there, Ty, about players potentially having reservations to join United because of uh, you know the World Cup coming up later on in the year. Everyone wants to be playing regular football. It can influence the exits as well. Dean Henderson, you know, one was mentioned by Rich there. It, it's, it's an interesting situation with the, with the World Cup, isn't it, Ty, because of how it may affect... Um, the players currently at the club as well, we, you know, with Jaden Sancho and Marcus Rashford, two good examples of, of, of England's players from last year and who are no longer in the squad because of being such dreadful form with United, to put it bluntly. that's That's got to be something that play, players are targeting now, pre-season and then at the start of the season. And it should probably work in Ten Hag's favour, shouldn't it, with, with people, you know, chomping at the bit to get back into the, back into the fold, you know, to look at Rashford posting his his update fitness update you know start of june he's he's back in the gym doing work ready for the season it probably bodes well for for a new manager coming in having everyone you know hungry and raring to go yeah i mean it 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 probably should in theory there's so many sort of strands to this winter world cup that are going to affect the club season that it's going to be interesting to see how it how it does pan out i mean it'd be far better for all of us if the world cup was starting this friday as it as it should be doing in a normal world cup year um but there are a lot of issues in terms of the number of games. Obviously, those European games, I think the group stage games are between the start of September and the start of November. There's midweek games pretty much every week. It should help United that they're in the Europa League because they can just basically make 11 changes every week, just not play Ronaldo in any of them. So it should help them keep players fresh. And then, yeah, players players have now have got, you know, normally you have a full season to target a World Cup place or you get to January and you're not on the team and you think, I need to get a loan move or something here. Now players have basically got three, three and a half months to confirm their place in the World Cup. And there are, you know, there are a few in that United side who are probably between varying degrees of, of unlikely to, to possible. I think there's, I think I counted maybe six who are, I thought were pretty much guaranteed to go. Um, beyond that, there's a few that are, are on the edge. I mean, in terms of Rashford and Sancho, I think it's probably helping them not being in the England squad now. Because anyone who's not playing in these internationals, same with Van der Beek, for example, these these games going on into mid-June, it's just completely ridiculous. Players are going to be off until early to mid-July. Sancho and Rashford can turn up on June the 27th. Donny van der Beek can turn up on June the 27th and can hit the ground running by tour on July the 8th. They'll be fully up to speed. By the start of the season, they should be super fit, should be ready to go. So I think that will, will help them. And yeah, in terms, I mean, I did a piece this morning on on that World Cup. And I think I counted seven that were maybe had a 
points to prove to to definitely get in, starting with De Gea, who's maybe unlikely now, but you never know if he starts to play a different game under Ten Hag. Rich mentioned Dean Henderson. The third goalkeeping spot for England is, is probably still up for grabs, but Henderson needs to go and play somewhere to have a chance. Um, and then you're looking at Sancho and Rashford, we've mentioned. Alec Tellez has been in the last few Brazil squads, but you know when it comes down to a 23-man squad, you wouldn't say he was a definite. Donny van der Beek's not been in a Holland squad for over a year now, but if he plays every week, he's maybe got a chance of getting back in. Um, Anthony Martial was in the France squad pretty regularly a year ago, now can't get a look in. His low move to Seville was, to Seville was a disaster. He's another who probably needs to leave to, to have a chance. So there's probably... I'd say the seven the seven players that I counted that are maybe looking at this summer or the start of next season and thinking I've got to do something pretty spectacular to to get in the World Cup and get in a World Cup squad. So it, it should, in terms of the obvious players like Rashford, Sancho, Van der Beek, who I think we all expect to get a chance at United purely from a numbers point of view as much as anything this summer, they've probably all they're probably all looking at it thinking if you know if if we hit the ground running under Ten Hag, which they should do starting pre-season so early on June the 27th, then maybe they've still got a chance of, of making it. And that, that should, in theory, work to United's favour. Yeah, I guess ultimately, Rich, Ten Hag won't care too much about the World Cup, will he? He'll just want to make sure people are, are back in good shape playing for United. And there's so so many issues from last season to turn around that, um, you know, he's, he's got enough to worry about, to be honest, this summer. And getting transfers done is one of them, but also convening the squad ready for that pre-season schedule which um you know should be quite interesting in itself really that's going to be that's going to be a task for him with you know united are playing against liverpool i think on 12th of july they'll convene for training a couple of weeks before that is actually quite close really you know before we know it we'll be into those pre-season games and we'll probably be into a few transfers as well yeah exactly and i guess that's why united fans are so hungry for a new signing because they could be part of that first day of pre-season if it was wrapped up quickly and they're not currently involved in, in international duty. Yeah, it's it, it. there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Like we said, we started the podcast saying how sort of much of a drag these last few days have been. But when you put it like that, you know, it is only, what, a month, a month this week that they'll be flying out on tour. And then, you know, by the end of it, what is it, a month on Sunday, they'll play their first game of pre-season. So it is getting much closer. And it's going to be really interesting to see as we've touched upon, which youngsters get a chance? Who from the fringes maybe gets a chance as well that you don't usually see? I mean, you know, Solskjaer was always quite good at mixing teams up in pre-season. You'd always start off pre-season with playing players you forgot even played for the club, like Palestri, Ahmad, you know, Pereira, and then some of the youngsters as well. And then by the end of it, you've got a stronger team at your disposal. I expect that Ten Hag will do the same. And again, as we said, those players who have been out on loan, who you're still not too sure about, James Garner, we all know what he could offer, but is he going to get enough of a chance at United next season? Is he going to benefit enough from being on the bench when he could go to Forest again or he could go to another Premier League club and play every single game of the campaign other than those two against United? It's There's just so much up in the air. In terms of his tactical approach, I mean, we all expect him to come in and play 4-3-3 because he's done that wherever he's gone. At Ajax, that is compulsory. You don't really get a say in what formation you play, but he did manage to adapt that and then modernise it as well. You know, it's just so many little things that are so interesting about the way United line up. I mean, the fullback situation as well is fascinating because... Is Diogo Dallo going to be someone he wants to start every week? We know Wan-Bissaka's you know, surplus to requirements. At centre-back, 
Maguire and, and Overran's got another injury setback with France, but is that the centre-back partnership? They've got a fantastic record together, but you can't rely on them every week. In midfield, does Van der Beek really play as a defensive midfielder? You know, McTominay or Fred, surely it's one or the other. Fernandez, does he play as an actual recognised number 10 or does he have to adapt his game as well? You've got about seven or eight candidates to play as an inverted left winger. You've got no one who stands out on the right. You've got Ronaldo through the middle, but no one else as backup. Does Rashford become a central striker again? You know, there's just so many little nuts and bolts, and it's going to be interesting to see how it works. And again, just the actual playing style. I mean, it was three years ago when Solskjaer came in and said that he wanted his team to play out from the back and be high-pressing team and make loads of energy, and it feels like they're back at square one again. United need to learn how to play out from the back still. They still need to learn how to press properly. There's just so much for Ten Hag to get at. And yeah, I just can't wait to see what a Ten Hag United team looks like because, as we said on the podcast before, I'm no expert on him. I can't say I've ever watched Ajax play a domestic game. So I'm going to be really interested to see how he actually makes United play differently next season and ultimately whether he can make United play differently next season. So I think that there is so much for him to work on, which he will be doing now. And like we said, pre-season, that first match just over a month away now, it's going to be so fascinating to see who's in the lineup and then how United actually play against Liverpool as well. I think Richard just covered all our future sort of five or six podcasts there. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to don't need to <laughs> record anymore in the in the next few weeks. Um, that's excellent. And last thing, Ty, just uh, put you on the spot here at the end of the podcast and get fans maybe a little bit excited. If you had to put a, a week a, a rough date on when United you think United will make their first signing of the summer, um, when would you say? When's a realistic time when uh, they might confirm a deal? I'm going to say that there won't be anyone by the start of pre-season on June the 27th, but there will by the start of the tour. So first so week of July, of July, I'm saying, would be my my guess. But that is a before it appears on the, any aggregator no, sites. No, no, we'll, we'll, we'll clip that up and we'll put that out. Yes. On, I can already see Ty's name in brackets at the end of yeah, the tweet. yeah. Yeah, that is a pure pure guesswork rather than any um, any informed knowledge there. Yeah, as um, at time Marshall, I think, or something like that. <laughs> if, you, if you want to discuss that with him, uh, no, that's great. Thank you very much, uh, Rich and Tyrone, for appearing on today's podcast. I'm sure we'll speak with you very soon. Thank you, Thank Dom. you very much. And hopefully, you can come back and listen to us again on the Manchester is Red podcast very soon. Leave us a like and a subscribe. And we'll be back for more episodes later in the summer as we build towards United's pre-season and the opening of the transfer window. Thanks for listening.